Hello and welcome to Come Out and Play, the D&D podcast that's all trans, all the time. My name is Benjamin, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be your DM for this campaign. I am Shay, I use they, them pronouns. I am playing Alusha, who uses she, her pronouns, and she is a noble elf. I'm Mel, I use they, them pronouns, and I will be portraying Terpsichore, a all-around fun person to be with, and who uses a variety of pronouns. I'm Chris, I play Rill, and we both use he, him pronouns. My name is Moss, I use ze, them pronouns, and I'm playing Ember, who uses they, them pronouns. They are a human paladin of the singing flame. Oh, great. Well, that was definitely an oracle, because I suddenly understand jack shit. How about you guys? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm more confused than when I started. I would like to revisit the hammer plan, I mean. I don't think we I think it might make them angry. I'm yeah. fully against the hammer plan, just to put that on the record. But you love hammers. I do, but I don't love smashing things of importance when there's no need to smash them. Uh... And if smashing said thing will bring about untold consequences. Hmm. I don't know. I've dealt with a lot of occult magics in my day, and I find that I find that I find that the smashing plan is a pretty good one. You've dealt with occult magics. I mean, I've mentioned that I get hunted by warlocks a bunch, right? Yeah, but we've never actually seen any. Well, you better, Decius. Okay, he wasn't hunting you. I mean, he wasn't hunting me in a military capacity. Merely in a artistic one where he's trying to strangle the very concept of artistry, arete, and skill, but you know. Okay. I still don't think he counts. Anyway, all I'm saying is I feel like I, I have a generally bad feeling, you know? Maybe what, we in general? Have- I mean, generally, a lot of the time, honestly, maybe we should think about trying to cure you, Alicia. You think so? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I mean, if you're fine with it and it's not an issue, really. I mean, for now. I mean, for now. As long as we keep it. To be honest, I, I was fine with it and good with it even before but now the thought that it's not that like some some unknown unseen entity god whatever this might be has deemed this to be so for whatever reason um and that this blood weaver is Look, looks over after monsters um, 
that this it doesn't it sits weirdly now. I don't, I, I don't really know how how I feel about it. Do you do you want to talk to the skull? Talk to the skull. I mean, if it's something that this blood weaver works through, uh, maybe you could get some answers or anything from them. I suppose that is that is an idea. I mean, now we know they exist, so... I mean, Alusha um, kind of sits forward and shrugs deeply and, and sighs and kind of, and she's kind of looking into the middle distance. And then she straightens up and says, I'm up for anything. All right, sure, so you want to do it now try. or... All right, here. And Rilla gets it out of his bag again and, and hands it over. What would you like to do with it, Alicia? Um, <laughs> I don't feel like fucking Hamlet. Um, I guess she just kind of, like, takes it uncertainly um, and holds it a little bit of a distance from her. Um, and she looks around a little self-consciously before closing her eyes and um, saying with with an obvious question mark, Bloodweaver, what do you want with us? What do you want with me? You're, you're sitting on the ground holding this skull. And at first, all you can feel is, is ridiculous. You just, you're just acutely aware that you are sitting on the ground holding a, a skull, talking to it. But after a few moments, there's this sensation of warmth in your hands. And down your arms from where you're holding it. There's not words. There is a sensation of affection and approval. Alicia kind of makes this surprise sound and shivers a little bit. Um, she says, whoa, okay, so um, definitely something, definitely something here. Uh, my hands, my arms feel warm, um, and I sense some kind of a presence. Uh, so I think it's working. Uh, what should I what do you think I should say? What what should I ask? Do you want to be a warlock? Because this is how warlocks happen. Okay. Anybody else have any suggestions? 
You found this weird occult artifact, and now you're picking up, and now you're actually communing with it. I mean, what else? What else are we supposed to do with it? I can't keep it in my bag forever. I'm not wearing it now. I was going to, but I guess I'll just uh, not do that. Malfa Mane makes a... Sorry, Sepsikori makes a gesture <laughs> of smashing things, smashing it with a hammer. No. Does anybody have anything... Any anything at all that because I can just I I like honestly I I want to know why why I am a was was I don't know chosen or whatever to be to be a werewolf if that was even the case or if it was completely random but I don't want to waste everyone's time potentially by focusing on on me. I think that's a good question to ask. Um, yeah. I mean, as well as just why us? Why now? And where next? Okay. Um, and Lucia closes her eyes again, kind of hunkers down um, to kind of try to hone in on, on the feeling that she felt before. And says um why us have you have you chosen us and if so why what what do we what do we provide it again takes a while for anything to, to come to you. And the first thing you get is just a little flash of memory of Rill picking the skull up off the altar in the first place. And a twinge of pain from where you were bitten. And then after a few seconds more, you get something that feels like a dream, except you don't dream very often. And you know that you're awake and you know where you are, but you can still feel something that is more real than imagination. And it's the sensation of moving upwards as if you were running up a staircase. And there's something important at the top. And just as you turn the last corner in the spiral, it feels like running into a wall. And you actually fall back. Fall back against the ground, against your hands on the ground, looking up at the sky, feeling that you have just smacked into something that is keeping something from you. And the skull's just lying on the floor in front of you, not moving. <sighs> okay. Um, so that was kind of cryptic, which I guess is kind of par for the course for all of this. Um, I, there was a staircase that I was running up. Um, 
And then just as I was about to reach the top, something stopped me. Um, it was like a wall of some kind. And I fell backwards. And that's that's all I really got from that. So I'm not really sure what we can glean from that information. Uh, it was more of a feeling than anything else. Um, Perhaps the gods are in some way keeping this blood weaver and the mirror from their potential as deities or something and were meant to find how to unlock that, how to break down that barrier? Doesn't sound like a great idea. I mean, it doesn't sound like a terrible one. Yeah, I mean, sure, you're right. Absolutely. I love to find the gods. That's why I became a cleric. Oh, no way. Well, I mean... There is... I don't know... Emptiness. After the gods died. Maybe... I don't know. We need more information, I, I think. About... About all of these. The Blood Weaver, the Mirror... Any, anything else like this that's out there. Alicia nods, um... And... Closes her eyes again, and she asks, Who are you? What are you? You don't feel like you're getting a response, but your companions watching you ask this, your hands, where you're holding the skull, are gradually getting furry and extending into claws. Are you doing that on purpose? Doing what? Uh, your, your hands. What? Oh. And she looks down and uh, almost drops the, the skull, um, but then she sets it down um, before she can drop it, and she sits back. As you let go, they rapidly return to your normal, normal shape. Well, that was weird. Uh, I, um, I didn't mean to do that. Hmm. At least not consciously. Uh, I guess maybe, maybe those are all the questions that I can ask right now. Um, I mean... I mean... If these beings are sort of God's light. Um, 
the the gods don't typically have a history of being particularly outright with answers, so I wouldn't be surprised if this is just something we have to figure out on our own. Right. Also, Hill did say that these large questions they were asking were not necessarily their own so much as also the questions from the mirrors who they were talking to, not Bloodweaver, but presumably Bloodweaver also does not know the answer. So there may not be any answer to give you. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I mean, I could try asking more questions, but I can't promise whether or not I would just shift into werewolf form and then maybe not be able to ask questions anymore. So I, I think perhaps... Maybe... Go ahead. I think perhaps we should continue on our way and see what might come to us. Yeah, I think so too. Right. You are still a few days from the entrance to Kamadosh. It's probably another three or four nights that you'll be spending on the road. Is there anything you would like to do during the journey? I'd like to pray to the singing flame, um, but I'm not expecting any answers. Um, just sort of praying that I'm on the right path, that I'm doing the right thing. You sit down one of the evenings and you, and you pray around the campfire. And where for the last few months, it's just been you praying. For the first time in a while, you do have a sensation of response. There's a, a feeling in your chest that's not from you that is approval and feeling that your God is pleased with you. Huh. That kind of flies in the face of my former hypothesis, I guess. Um, I relay that feeling to the others. That's a good sign. I agree. I think you possibly also want to take some time to um, do some sparring. Oh, uh, yes. I was going to do a bit of sparring with Alusha. Okay. Yeah. Um, Alusha has um, uh, two short swords and um, daggers and her bow and arrow. So the, those are the weapons that she has. Um, Alusha, did you want to practice 
transforming with your new armor and sort of get used to that feeling um, while we have a bit of downtime. Yeah, okay. That sounds all right. Um, and rather than uh, rather than using both both axes, Ember pulls out one axe and one shield and um, finds that the shield fighting with the shield is a good feeling. Alusha in her hybridy wolf form is terrifying. Just on a sheer physical big claws, big muscles. Don't want to get hit by that level. And it's just very satisfying for her claws to skitter across the shield and come nowhere near you. It's just, ah, yes, this is good. This is safe. This is, makes it much easier to hit her back next time. Lucia, your armor does work. Um, it is good to get the practice in transforming. Also, in your full wolf form, you are still wearing the armor, and it is adorable. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you, are, you are the group mascot. <laughs> I mean, you are a wolf and not a dog, but when you are physically wearing armor, it's much easier to believe that you're just a big husky dog. <laughs> who's been dressed up for the occasion it's great <laughs> but yes you can get some practice in feels good to get a workout it's been a while since I've gotten to use my weapons anyway you pass several um, coaching inns and small villages as you're travelling along the coast road uh, you pass regular fishing jetties and, and small villages probably every Five or six miles, you're passing evidence of habitation and that people are fishing these waters. Nothing looks very wealthy, but this is definitely an occupied area. On the first day, you do pass um, a much overgrown road heading off to your left, to the east and north, which is labelled for Lodoral. But unless you tell me otherwise, I'm going to assume that you are carrying on towards Kemadosh instead. Yes. I figured this was probably the case. Around the third day, you reach a town called Shell Bay, which is a, a bigger, livelier town, has a market square, clearly is one of the, the major settlements in the area. And this is where you need to turn off onto a, a road running inland towards Kemadosh, um, which will take you another, another day's journey or so. Uh, again, there are places here that you can stay if you wish. Nothing resembling a plot hook happens to you in Shelby. <laughs> Unless you particularly go looking for it. <laughs> no, I just do some extremely sick um, performances to, uh, so that I can sleep indoors. Just for fun. Oh, no. Just for fun, roll me an investigation check. Is it just me? Yeah, just you. Seventeen. You find a place in, in a, a tiny little shop tucked away on one of the back streets that will sell you the kind of powders you need to make the flames turn colours. Ah, good. Like, it's only about three colours. Still, it's handy. You get a nice purple. Is it a new purple, one I haven't had before? No, it's, it's a purple you have had before. 
Mm. I, can, I can tell you the search terms to find exactly the purple that it is. <laughs> please, please. I, I it, love it, is a, it is a potassium salt, which will burn purple. Hmm. Excellent. <laughs> because you happen to have hit on a thing that I actually know something about, which is the colour that things burn. Excellent. That's good. Yeah, I am. I am making the assumption that orders work on the principle of things burn colours, and if you have the right thing, the right colours. That is, it's, that is what I was assuming as well. You have magic powders; they're metal salts. They burn colours. Yep, I'm very excited about this and um, about this chemistry. Version. Yeah, green is by far the cheapest and most abundantly available. You've never run out of green. Mm. This is relevant in no way to anything. It's just fun. <laughs> But yeah, you can sleep indoors because you have your performance skills that mean you can earn yourself a bed for the night. If the uh-huh. others want to sleep indoors, they have to pay for it. This is the this is the best and most powerful ability my character. While Tipsickery is shopping for things to burn, um, can I ask somebody who's local about um, the the islands that are called the Giant's Teeth? Which are like sure. visible from Shobe? No, they wouldn't be visible. They're they're too far out at sea. But you can you can ask about them. Um, okay, yeah, I'll ask around about them. I'm curious. Do giants actually live out there? If not, who does? Yeah, the, the general consensus is that giants might have lived out there once long ago. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, they're just they're just a ring a row of islands a, a ways offshore. There's they're really annoying for navigation because there's reefs, so you have to go like around the whole thing to get down to the Sunset Isles. Um, uh, yeah. But then on the other hand, they shelter the coast a bit from the worst of the storms that blow in off the edge. So, you know, on balance, it's probably okay that they're there. Um, some people live out there. There's, They mostly live on fish and seabirds, but, you know, they're inhabited. Somebody enterprisingly offers to um, take you out there in their fishing boat for somewhat ludicrous sum of gold. Uh, I'm interested, but not that interested. At least not right now. Maybe on the okay. way back. <laughs> they shrug as uh, in the manner of someone who was trying their luck. Yeah. I don't actually even know if Rill knows how to swim. I don't know either. But I find the possibility that he can't deeply amuse it. Yeah. Yeah, he's just like, hmm... No, let's not. Let's go out in these storm-tossed waves in this small, small boat. He will do a lot of very dumb things for information, but he's not going to put himself in that particular danger. Drowning sounds deeply unpleasant as far as dying goes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've never tried it, but it does does sound not super fun. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to get a room instead, and... Uh, pace in it. <laughs> in a distracted and unhappy manner? Yes, distinctly. Which is, is sad for him, because in another couple of days, uh, you will reach the entrance to Kamadosh. Mm-hmm. Actually, thinking over that, he's going to go and ask around for anything like, uh, is there anything similar to Anchor Point around here? As in just, I mean, obviously there's not a place at the edge of the world here because you're much further from the edge now. Um, right, yeah. 
So what are you looking for? Are you looking for local legends? Oh, yeah. Some like sightseeing that. spots? Yeah, th- things like that. Like any um, e- local legends sort of stuff. Okay. Please excuse me. Well, I think very fast. Um, you hear about a couple of giant birds that apparently sometimes fly overhead. Hmm. Which you kind of go, okay, birds whatever, and then someone starts trying to explain to you the size of these particular birds and it's, oh, okay, those are big birds. Those are like three people tall birds. Ooh. You do ask whether they mean dragons. They assure you they don't mean dragons. Ah. But they do know about a dragon skeleton. Really? Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a dragon. What's well, it? It's a dead dragon. It's a skeleton. Oh. Basically a hill now. You can still see the skull. People go and dig bits out now and then. Hmm. Where's it at? Uh, it's, it's up over the dunes and into the... Look, this way. They don't give you very clear directions. <laughs> but the, the general direction they're giving is it's a mile or so south along the coast and then out towards the tide line away from the road um, and the sand has apparently blown up and around this skeleton over the years huh well that'll be something to do uh tomorrow perhaps when it's light out it gives you a funny look and go well yeah you wouldn't find it in the dark uh i'd be worried about tripping over it more than anything i think gives you the funny look of someone who has not realized that drow can see in the dark Rill is going to wave this off and uh, go back to pacing somewhat less frenetically in his room. Okay, so come morning, you are still a couple of days away from Kamadosh. Are you heading straight for it, or is Rill taking everyone on a sightseeing trip? Yeah. Uh, hey, does anybody else want to go on a field trip? I mean, we've already taken a couple of sightings. Shouldn't we be pressing on? No, it's a dragon. This is very interesting. I mean, it's a dead dragon, but still, it's a dragon. I feel like I'm religiously obliged to come see a dragon. Exactly. I'm in. I mean, yeah, yeah. How far away is it? Uh, they said it was down that. They gave me directions, sort of. I I think when we get closer, we'll be able to maybe find better ones. Uh, it's about a day, uh, or a mile south of here. Those are two very different. Those are two very different things. Was I misremembering that, Ben? <laughs> it was about a mile. Okay, yep. <laughs> Definitely misremembered that by a wide margin. I mean, I guess if we get down the floor before they're on our bellies, it'd be the same, but... Yeah. Alright. Yeah, dragon. Let's go dragon hunting. Oh, uh, yeah. Rill. Mm-hmm. Could you roll me... I, th- I think this would be a survival check. To try and figure out these terrible directions? Yeah, on these sand dunes. <laughs> One of these, these hills might be a dragon. Yeah, he's immensely unfamiliar with sand. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, six. <laughs> we are so lost we're so very fucking lost you are completely lost I mean yeah you know where the sea is 
Yes, the sea's over and, there. That's... And you know which direction, therefore, the town is in. Uh-huh. And up there's the town. <laughs> and then they said it was this way. They said it was somewhere in the sand dunes out this way. But I have sand in everything. So if anybody wants to help... I'll help. Thank you. I liked it briefly. Everyone was just letting real twist in the wind. <laughs> yes. Like this was your idea. You suffer. <laughs> I was going to see what uh, what my survival score actually is. <laughs> Alicia, could you roll me survival? Yes. One second. That is a dirty twenty. You have lived near the sea, or comparatively near the sea, for basically all of your life. So you at least know what a sand dune should look like. It takes, still takes a bit of searching because the, bed, the, the directions that Rill can pass on were fairly basic and you turn out to be a good 400 yards too far, like up the beach. You need to go on a good way. But you do eventually find a sand dune just above the high tide mark, which doesn't look the right shape. It, it's, you know, it's sand and it's got grass growing on it and it's the right kind of thing, but it's the wrong shape to have been put here by the wind and the waves. So you, you start poking around that one and you find a skull. As you start digging through the sand, you find a skull as big as you are. Well, that's huge. Yeah, that's, that's a lot bigger than I, I guess I thought it would be. I thought they were exaggerating. Apparently not. You notice, as you, as you are pulling sand away to get a good look at this thing, that this thing has no teeth left at all. Every single tooth has been knocked out of the sockets. Oh. Aw, no teeth. Is there a convenient bone I can take to add to my growing bone collection? A convenient bone. You, you <laughs> could definitely roll me an investigation check to see if you can find an appropriately sized bone. Does it count if we didn't kill it, though? It still counts. I, I, have, I have a void beetle bone, presumably. I don't know. We didn't kill that one that I took the bone from. That red and white. The void beetle thing was, you know, a bestial monster. Dragons are people. Dragons are people? I mean... Dragons are people? Wait, hang on. Question, Ben. Are dragons people? Dragons are certainly sapient. Well, there you go. I think for that, for that entry. Yeah, I mean... They've got language, they've got memory. Yeah. Dragons are people. Mm. Ember. Um, I don't know whether I've actually shown you the relevant bit of brief, which is on me. Um... The White Forest, where you're from, is ruled at the moment by a dragon. It has a dragon queen. Ah. Whether you think this makes her people or not is up to you. Well, I also rolled a five, so... It looks like all of the little bones have been taken. You'd have to, like, break a chunk off with probably considerable violence if you wanted a piece of bone. All of the little claw bones and things of either people or the waves have took them away. I won't go that far. I mean, what kind of couriers are we, anyway? First we stage a home invasion, we're running around... It was an accidental home invasion, we didn't know anybody was there. 
I mean, at a certain point, we kind of did, and we kept going, which is a little bit on me. But I, I, I do think Tipsipkari brings up a fair point. We're sightseeing. Exactly. We've been sightseeing for quite a while in quite a lot of different ways. I think we're, I think, I don't know if we're curious, curious so much as we are confused adventurers. We're definitely not adventurers. Adventurers kill dragons. They don't paw through sand for bones of dragons. I mean, I mean adventurers do kill void beetles. And adventurers and do go to... Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're just people who are attacked by void beetles. That doesn't mean we're adventurers. We kind of are adventurers. Just like adventurers that happen to get paid for the road bit and not just the the killing bit. Mm. Well, frowns at this. It does make sense and hates that it makes sense because he doesn't want to admit that it makes a lot of sense. He doesn't want to be an adventurer. No, he doesn't. No, Mom, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> Would you like to do anything else while you were sightseeing with the, the, the bones of a very dead dragon? Is there anything else? Like... I guess, uh, is there anything else around here that's also buried like that? I mean, I guess nothing's quite as big as a dragon, but... No, I mean, nothing actually, no, nothing is quite as big as a dragon. There's a certain amount of flotsam and jetsam has been thrown up on the shoreline. There's you know, driftwood and seaweed and shells. Yeah. If, if you want to take your chance on finding anything more fun, please roll me an investigation check. Hmm. Your beachcombing skills. <laughs> I will do that. Come on, beachcombing skills. Alright, that is a dirty 20, actually. Better than I thought it would be. That is pretty good. Um, you find a lot of sea glass, which is pretty. Um, I will take some. And a lot of shells, which, they're seashells. As you're kicking around um, at the high tide line, looking through all the stuff that's been washed up, uh, you find a scabbard. Or a sheath, really. It's only dagger-sized. But you, you find uh, a leather and brass scabbard sheath, dagger-sized, with a loop to be threaded onto a belt. Um, it's remarkably untarnished by the waves. Huh. Does it have um, a maker's mark on it or a house you know, symbol or anything like that? Uh, you give it a look over, and you find uh, carved neatly into one of the brass fittings on the back where it wouldn't normally show. Um, you find a stylized letter J. Hmm. Alrighty, I will take this curiosity and also some of the shells and the the glass, which I will wrap carefully so it does not, um, hopefully, does not stab through my backpack. Well, it, it's sea glass, so it's not. There's nothing sharp. It's all rounded like pebbles, and it you know, gleams gently when it's wet, and it dries to a ground glass touch. Oh, okay. I I live in the Midwest and not near the sea, so I don't know anything about this. Yeah. Okay. So what real knows he's found are some very shiny pebbles. Oh, okay. <laughs> it most of them sort of faintly green or faintly blue. Oh, that's pretty. 
yeah, he'll definitely take a couple of those and some some of the prettier looking shells, maybe. You have a lot of sand on your um, boots. Yes. He grumpily stops and, like, turns his boots upside down and carefully puts them back on. <laughs> it helps. It turns out that sand is really stubborn. Does it get everywhere? It gets everywhere. Mm. Hey, it's deeply unnatural that I'm the person saying this, but do you think we should, like, do our... Do our jobs, speaking of getting paid for, like, going places. I was just about to say the same. I should have waited. <laughs> what, do you think we should ask around Shell, the, uh, Shell Bay and see if they have any letters? Sure, why not? Alright. Do we have... I mean, not out of character, I don't need you to produce me, like, a list of things. But do we notionally have a tariff at this point? Yes, you have been provided with a tariff which I have not defined. That's grand. We shall abstract any money that we're paid for doing postal work into some money carried for the tariff, assuming we're not planning to cheat them at any point. Um, you people, I think you get you get one more letter for Kemadosh. Most people don't really want to send things to Kemadosh, at least not right now or from here. That I think even Rill has to admit that. <laughs> yes, after, after desperately searching for anything else to delay this, he does have to eventually admit that they have nothing else to do and need to actually do their jobs. Yeah, it's going to take you another two days of walking, so you'll have one more night on the road. And then in the afternoon of the second day, you will reach the uh, entrance to Kamadosh. Which you've only seen probably the once. Mm-hmm. I would guess. From the outside, it doesn't look like much. You're walking through the foothills of the same mountains you've already crossed, but further south. And you're still within the tree line. You're still not at very high elevation when you reach the entrance to a tunnel. It's not particularly concealed. There's just a tunnel perhaps 20 feet wide, 10 feet high, disappearing into the base of one of the hills. A small guardhouse carved into the side of the tunnel um, with, you can't see how far back the, the little complex of rooms goes. You can only see the point where a guard is standing watching the tunnel. You can only see one of them and they, their veil is down. Um, they're not stopping people as they come past. They're just watching to see who comes in and out. And Rill, at least, would be able to guess that this is because their job is as sentries, not as guards. So their job will be to send a message down to the city if anything troublesome happened, but is not to challenge people. Um, so you can just walk right in. There's evidence this of uh, there's evidence in the soil outside that this is reasonably well travelled, well trod. You know, people come in and out of it. Inside, it's just bare earth for a way, and then bare rock as you get further underground. There are no lights in this tunnel at all, so you have the daylight for the first thirty, sixty feet, 
and then you are just underground in the dark in a slowly spiralling tunnel through the rock. Rill can see absolutely fine, because he's got better dark vision. Alusha and Tupsikari, you can see pretty well. Ember, it's pitch black. There is just the sound of your foot footsteps and sometimes a faint rumbling noise. Uh, can anybody provide a light or shall I light a torch? I produce flame. And now there is some firelight. Thank you. You proceed through this underground tunnel for a long way. It only goes downhill slowly. This is more horizontal distance than vertical, although by the end of the day you have descended probably three, four hundred feet. But it has taken you five or six miles of horizontal distance to descend that far. Real, you would know, this is fairly common to drow cities. This is kind of just making it too boring for anyone to wander into. And if anyone right. wants to invade, you have. If anyone and if anyone wants to invade, you have a very long distance in which to delay them, in which to build barricades. Mm-hmm. So while it's not hard to walk through on its own, if you were fighting for every inch, it would be a very long way to fight. At the base of the tunnel, the space opens out around you into a cavern, and this, unlike what you've been travelling through, this looks like a natural breach in the rock it's uneven the floor has been smoothed over in some places has been filled in in some places uh, but a lot of it is still uneven uncarved rock the rubble has all been cleared away and left at one side of the cavern and at the far end where the space naturally narrows down. A wall has been constructed in which there is a gate. And in the space in this cavern, which is a couple of hundred feet across, there are a number of some small stalls uh, with drow apparently manning them and trading caravans or visitors, people with carts, people with pack animals who have come down the tunnel and are now camped in this space in front of the gates of the city, either waiting to do their business and leave or waiting to be admitted into the city proper. The gate is guarded by several drow. None of them are veiled because you are no longer on the surface. Um, they are dressed in the uniform of Kamadosh, which is a grey and blue outfit with some highly contrasting white trims. I look to Rill as the person most likely to know where we should be taking this post. Uh, I presume we just join the line and get to the guards when we get to the guards. Unless there is a specific place for us to, you know, take the post. Well, you haven't done this before. That's true. So, yeah, I will just join the line and, you know, gesture for everybody else to follow, because that is a polite thing to do. It's not much of a line, to be honest. There's only one or two people actually waiting to speak to the guards ahead of you. You would know that 
getting admitted to the city can take several days. So if people who are waiting to go in, they may well just be camped here for a little while waiting to go in. Mm-hmm. You get more deference from the guards because you're a drow. And they stand up slightly straighter when they see you and say, are you a citizen of Kamadosh, sir? Yes, I am. But uh, we're just here to deliver the post, so I won't be staying. Glances at your companions and looks not confused because you were quite clear, but disapproving that these people constitute a we. Mm-hmm. Post for whom? Oh, let's see. Uh, Rill pulls out the, you know, collects the various letters and, and things that we have and uh, starts, you know, shuffling through them and reading off the names and things. Yeah. So what you've got is you've got a big package of several volumes of books of some kind. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Which are addressed to the temples. Um, and then you've got a packet of letters similarly addressed. And you've got one letter that you picked up in Shell Bay, which has the name of a, a drow you don't recognize on it uh let's say mostly for the temples and then um one for someone else god glances at the ones for the temples nods takes the one for someone else frowns at it i'm afraid i don't know who that is so i can put out a notice unless you're seeking entrance i would recommend camping here and i will ask the temple to send someone out to collect their post that's fine it may take a day or two. Okay. Hand you back your stray letter and looks rather snootily at your companions and says, feel free to wait. Probably doesn't want to look too directly at me. I'm shedding bright light in the 10-foot radius. That's true. <laughs> they all are not <laughs> happy looking in your direction. Rill is looking incredibly not... embarrassed because his friend is doing this, this. This person that he brought with him is just like doing this thing. <laughs> well, Ember can't see otherwise. We have torches. Torches also shed bright light in a 10-foot radius. Yeah, but they're not you. Let yourself on fire. What's... I don't light myself on fire. I've let the... Uh, I'm just, I've just conjured fire. When I light myself on fire, I shed bright light in a 30-foot radius. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, that's right. <laughs> that's much worse. <laughs> You are not the only light in this cavern, but you are a bright light. My my produced flame is the brightness of a torch. Yeah, so you're, you're just doing a cantrip instead of using a torch, really. Yeah. Right. In which case, they have the usual level of discomfort for there's a bright light in my general vicinity and I have extremely dark adapted eyes, but they don't look personally offended. <laughs> All right, I'd take everybody off to, like... An area of along, you know, the the cave wall, and just you know, we'll hunker down here for today. And they said they'd send someone from the temple to collect everything. All right. Well, I'll prod around the. Some people have set up stall, and I see if there's any wizarding spells, scrolls. I guess. I guess. Yeah, uh, you could roll me an investigation check for what you can find in this little ad hoc. Outside marketplace. Yeah, that'd be a 14 on my investigation, Jack. You ask around, and people keep telling you that all the wizards are inside. Mm. Which is not the most helpful. Uh, someone just tried to sell you a magic lamp they claim has a genie in it. 
they do not seem super honest. Hmm. Hmm. But they are very eager to sell you their magic lamp. Hang on. Just can I can I make a quick arcana check? Sure. Twelve plus two fourteen. Aren't G's a kind of like outsider? <laughs> yeah, they're from the fire plane. Oh, I thought Jim were from the Plane of Air. Oh, well, never mind. Oh, they, no, they might be, actually. They might be from the Plane of Air. Yeah, I think if, if Freety are fire, fire plane. G- Genies are indeed a form of air elemental. I kind of fold my arms and say, and what exactly are you, do- what exactly are you doing imprisoning people in lamps? <laughs> she looks at the lamp, looks at you. Oh, I didn't imprison them. I just acquired the item. Oh, you're only trading. Yes, in exactly. Imprisoned people. You're trapped. Grant's wishes. You've been trapped by someone else. Wishes. Grant's wishes. Yes. Grant's wishes. Only one wish per person. And I've had mine, so I can't demonstrate. Hmm. Hmm. Can I make an insight check? <laughs> Please do make an insight check. <laughs> Love to make insight checks. I'm very good at insight. That would be a zero on my insight check. <laughs> you know what? This person is hard to read. <laughs> um, how much do you want for this lamp, anyway? Well, a wish is a very powerful thing, you know. But I mean, a lamp, a lamp with a genie trapped inside, it sounds like a very dangerous thing. Not done me any harm yet. Yeah, well, that's because the, that's because you haven't that's because you haven't been tracked down by angry genies. For you, thirty-five gold. Oh, do I have? I do have a lot of money. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of give it, I kind of give it like twenty-five gold. If I get tracked down by angry genies. I never met you and don't know who you are. She strokes her chin. A very fair agreement. I count out the money and then I kind of like hold off and I say, and how do you activate this magic lamp to summon the genie to grant wishes, etc.? You give it a kiss. She holds out the lamp to you. I will hand over 25 gold in exchange for the lamp. <laughs> And then I will kiss the lamp. <laughs> and then you will what, sorry? Kiss the lamp. Nothing happens. <laughs> Predictably. Predictably. <laughs> Nothing I happens. I extend the lamp back in her direction and my open palm, as if to request my 25 gold pieces back. She is backing off very quickly. <laughs> cool. Hey, what species is this person? This is a human. A human? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm guessing they're carrying a torch of their own or something. Yeah, they've probably got something that I haven't fully considered that question. But yes, uh, they have a light source. They have a lantern on their belt. Ah, uh, you know what? Um, I will pull out my... I will pull out my magical golden wand. I will wave my magical golden wand. Hey, Ben? Mm-hmm? How good is their constitution... Uh, yeah, constitution save? <laughs> <laughs> what do they need to reach? Well I believe they need to reach 30, uh, DC 13. Well, they rolled a 7, so they fail. 
What happens to them? Uh, they float off the ground. Oh. <laughs> there is immediately and, and persistently some panicked screaming. Oh no. Help, help, somebody help me, that sort of thing. <laughs> hey, 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 my party members. Something's <laughs> and it's probably my fault. Help! Help me! Yes, Rill is watching from several feet away and rubbing the bridge of his nose. I would like to request a <laughs> refund for this faulty article that you've sold me. <laughs> Let me down! They are swimming or attempting to swim through the air in great panic. I reach up, I reach up and I gently tilt them so that they are upside down. <laughs> <laughs> the gold pockets, along with several other coins from other pockets and other trinkets. And things of that sort. Also, they have like very long hair, and it's now just dangling underneath them. I would like to collect my twenty-five gold pieces. You may do so, and return their lamp. <laughs> By return, do you mean just leave it on the ground with the rest of their things underneath them? I mean, if they won't take it, then I guess. I mean, they're they're kind of distracted with the bit where they're dangling upside down, twenty feet above the ground. I mean, in fairness, they're levitating upside down 25 feet above the ground, which is much more pleasant. This does not reassure them. (laughs) Um, And then, I guess I will leave them to think about what they've done. (laughs) The spell wears off in ten minutes. (laughs) Notably, the guards have not moved away from the gate. They're watching, but they're not doing anything about this. At all. That's fine by me, to be honest. There rapidly forms a small crowd underneath the uh, dodgy merchant who you have left levitating upside down, 20 feet above the ground. Some of that crowd are stealing things that have fallen out of their pockets. Somebody walks off with the lamp. Some of them are just pointing and laughing. One of them is trying to throw a rope up. Eventually they will succeed in this and help pull them back down. As I said, they're not very far above the ground. They are within arm's reach of the ground. I thought it was uh, on or off. 20 feet. No, I can uh, lift or uh, up to 20 feet. Um, you can change the target's altitude by up to 20 feet in either direction on your turn. Oh, that's yeah. fine then. Yeah, they, then at some point someone will take pity on them and, you know, pull them down to earth with a hand up. Several of their smaller belongings have been walked off with, including the supposedly magic lamp. I love to advance the plot. <laughs> <laughs> this is basically just a group of people who really like to shop. I mean, I do have to shop. Why must you make a scene wherever you go? I didn't make a scene. You levitated them. I mean, in fairness, they weren't giving me a refund on their their defective prison lamp. Did, Did you really think it had a genie in it? I mean, granted... I've never seen a genie anywhere on the Prime Material plane, but if there was one, so whether inside or outside a lamp. So I feel it's just as likely that there's one inside a lamp as outside. Mm-hmm. Listen, it is a lot safer to make potentially dubious deals if you can turn them upside down. If you can turn them upside down and collect your refund, if it turns out to be, if it turns out to be fake. I, I can't argue with that. I clap for real on the back in a comradely fashion. See? See? You're getting up. Real shakes his head and 
runs a hand through his hair and just oh, okay. You do find in your perambulations um, that along with the various stalls out here, all of which are some variation on grubby, there are several. They were hard to see at first because they're mostly not lit because drow tend not to bother with lights at all unless there's particular need for it. Mm. But there are several places on the wall which look like very neat circular windows. Into could be shops. Hard to see, but into somewhere. I'll investigate. On closer inspection, they do indeed look like shop fronts, like they've got counters. This is the D&D shopping podcast. <laughs> is this the D&D shopping podcast <laughs> with bonus wells? I mean, if any of them have... Ah, uh, now, hmm. I was about to say, if any of them have, you know, ye olde magic shop written above them, but the problem is, of course, I can't read in the dark. <laughs> I can. Do you speak undercommon? I also don't speak undercommon. That might be why all you found was a dodgy genie seller who spoke. No, 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 no. I can, I can get around this. This is fine. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. Will is offering to translate and just walking behind, walking behind. Wait, the wait, hang on a second. I'm gonna see if I'm gonna see. Look, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say. Look, if they're mad, if they're, I'm really, really looking for magic shops, to be honest. And if they're a magic shop worth their salt, then they should be multilingual. So I'm gonna just try everybody. I'm just gonna walk down and I'm gonna try <laughs> on my mysterious language. Okay, you pass several shops. Um, there's a couple that are selling food, either hot food or uh, like to cook yourselves. Mm. Not so much with the drow specialty foods, but just kind of basics. There's one place with a big sign written in common that says, we buy food. Hmm. Again, I can't read in the dark. (laughs) Have you turned your light off? I mean, I'm not walking around with ember, I don't think. So, yes, you have. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Why would I leave my light on if I don't have a human to guide around? Well, Bill can see a sign that says... In large friendly letters in common, we buy food. I lost this blank piece of wood. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop and chat to everybody and and just and just try them and just try them on, try them on. Actually, wait, hang on, I will try them on common as well. You you get decent results with common. Mm. Like most of these people can at least do basic. I would like one of those, please. Level of conversation in common. In a strong undercommon accent. I mean, that's fair. When you said, "Do you speak undercommon?" I was thinking, "Well, these people don't speak; those don't, don't speak common." <laughs> so I figured I'd try. I mean, a lot of the people who are running shops, literally at the wall with the surfaces, <laughs> speak a bit of common. The entire conversation with that Rill had with the guards was in undercommon. By the way, that's fair. so you probably none of you probably understood any of that. That's fine. That's what Rill's here for. Yeah, you find several people who are just sort of standing inside there, and now you get a good look at them. There's no thickness to what looks like holes in the wall. There's there's the wall, mm. and then there's a hole, and there's not a window frame or shutters or... Seems magical. 
seem, seems magical, seems like maybe this is not actually a hole in the wall, but perhaps a portal to somewhere in the city. Mm. There, are, there are several of them who are just sort of standing there looking politely bored in a we buy stuff rather than sell it and you don't appear to be mm. selling the right kind of stuff so we're ignoring it kind of way. That's fair. That's fair. And you do find one that looks like a magic shop. They've got some scrolls, they've got some interesting glass jars full of interesting things. That's, that's cool. I will try them. I will try saying hello in my other language. I'm sorry, I don't speak that. Ah, fair enough. Um, Which they said in Undercommon. Uh, do you speak common? I can. What can I do for you? Or relay everything, uh, everything between me and uh, through my shadow here. I say, <laughs> just read a real. It's apparently falling behind me, offering to really? translate. Waves looking slightly apologetic. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever you'd rather. Um, I've, I've. You see, I'm not a wizard myself. Um, but I, I have a, I have a. a diviner acquaintance who's interested in in divination scrolls or books or I don't actually know how wizards learn spells books are usually the start yes what's your budget I don't know what their budget is um I would say I mean if I was going to bring it back to them on spec I guess I could invest up to a hundred gold pieces. Specifically divination spells? Yes. The drow gentleman in the shop um, explains to you that we don't normally hold a large stock of scrolls, but if you have specific spells you're interested in, I can have one made for you. And we'll fish out of somewhere a, a catalogue, essentially, of divination spells that he can arrange to get for you. Ah, oh, that sounds like a good idea. I'll, I'll get a. I will obtain his catalogue, uh, so to bring back to Gem. Or not like obtain the physical copy. You know, obtain the information on that specific item set of items. You know what I mean? It's I like, know what you mean. Yes, you you can. We're all having audio issues. Yeah, <laughs> he he is happy to let you take the time to memorize or copy the options as you please. It it is a, a spell list with prices. If you're interested in um, teaching tools, I do have a book or two that might be of interest. Oh. He'll reach up to a, a shelf that is out of the way and come down with a couple of volumes. Um, one of them, in fact, they're both written in Undercommon. Before I start telling you their contents, they are both written in Undercommon. Oh, fantastic. Um, uh, I assume, I'm, I'm oh, at least... Tepsikri assumes that Dem that Dem speaks on the common and isn't phased by this. But um, and and what what are they? Well, this one is a more basic work. Uh, not every obviously within the city we have a very fine school, but most people enrol having already learned the basics, and this is intended to teach those basics before they take up uh, more advanced tutoring. A primer. Mm, exactly, a primer. Whereas this one is more focused specifically on the diviner's arts and mm. ways of embodying those to make one's spells more refined. Ah, Zuma. Uh, the primer. She is already a wizard. 
then perhaps the primer will be a little too uh, simple for her. Put that one back mm. on the shelf. Uh, this volume would be uh, 40 gold. Or an equivalent I, in gems, if possible. But we will accept gold. I don't really carry gems. I mean, I've got I've got gold, I've got Eisenberg mint, which I'm hoping acceptable. Yeah, you show the coins and he nods. Yes, that would be of the weight we expect. I'm sure I can pick that up on spec for her. I will buy the uh, diviner's guide. He takes your 40 gold. He wraps it up nicely in wax cotton for you. Mm-hmm. Although... When you stop and take a look at it, this is maybe some weird drow equivalent that you don't want to inquire into too closely rather than cotton. But it's clearly a waterproof wrapping and that's what you care about. Wraps it up nicely, hands it to you, takes your gold, thanks you for your business. Thank you very much. Well, see, this is going this is going great, I said real. <laughs> Fantastic. We have physical forms that need maintaining. <laughs>